Well, we are just full of announcements this year. You, you know, the announcement Sunday to introduce the new pastor caught some people off guard. We did. Well, that's the, not the only announcement we've made, though, this year. We had the debt payoff. The debt payoff. The senior status of Father well, Weber. Well, that's what I was going to say. That one got missed by some people. So when we introduced the new pastor, <laughs> some people didn't know that the old, old pastor was going to be gone. Wait, who are you? Yes. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael Pupp is here with Father Herb. Who the, is still pastor for four months. He's still, and, he's, <laughs> and he's making it known, my friends. Yes. I, I, I've been telling people I'm going to be here till I'm not here. That's, so it's not like I'm going to be drifting away. That's very profound of you. And speaking of drifting away, is that the segue of the day? That wasn't the, I wasn't ready to segue yet. Oh, you're, you're not, we, okay. We, I'll, <laughs> I'll hold on to that line about drifting away. It, I think we. I don't think we even said who the new pastor is yet. Oh, that's right. He he's, you know, it's a uh, a name that's totally unforgettable. Unforgettable. <laughs> that's, that's what, what you, you okay, are. We won't do that to these that, that poor people. That was Nat King Good Cole. Old Nat, Nat King Cole. Yeah, along with his daughter. Yes, Natalie. And sh- she recorded it after he was already deceased. So oh. she was singing with a recording. I didn't know that. That's cool. Hey, uh, back to the original topic. <laughs> so this weekend, if you were not at Mass, we made the announcement that uh, Bishop Thomas has assigned a new pastor to St. John the 23rd Parish. Be- because the present pastor wore out. <laughs> it's been a good run. Let's not. 17 years. That's... Actually, it's wonderful. I, I Sometimes... I catch myself thinking, where did they all go? And then I look at the kids who have grown up. <laughs> uh, and it, it, it's yeah. apparent at that point. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. It's been it's been wonderful. So uh, we found out Friday. I found out Friday evening, late, late Friday evening, that Father Jeff Macbeth is the new pastor. And I did, I call, called him on Saturday morning. We talked for a while. Great guy. Yes, uh, very happy that he's coming. It's going to be a good choice, um, good for the parish, and um, he's musical, you know. You know, I went online to watch him say mass at St. Peter Huron, yeah, and he was singing the preface. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about. It. He plays guitar. I know he plays guitar. Okay, uh, I knew. I've known Father Jeff for a long time. Uh, back he he worked in youth ministry in the diocese for some time, I believe. And uh, he was—he had been part of tech retreats, and, and then they exclaim he—he w- he was one of the priests connected with that somehow. Yeah, he was one of our homilists one year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, great guy. I think people will be very happy to meet him uh, come this summer when the time comes. And I will say too, you know, there was an outpouring of of congratulations to him on social media over the weekend, and it's always nice when the person that's coming to your church the people that are with him right now at his current assignment say, oh, Father, we're really going to miss you. That's a good sign. Yeah. So uh, we look forward to having Father Jeff here. But as you said, we're still stuck with you for the next I, four Right, yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, <laughs> yeah, people are almost afraid to say something positive about the next person. Like, that's offensive to me. Oh, uh, really? I'm not offended. Uh, I'm happy that it's going to be a good person. So if you know Father Jeff, 
great. If you don't know him, you will get to know him. So, sure. I mean, uh, we want the parish to continue to thrive and grow. And yeah, it's very, it's all for the good. Yeah, yeah. All for all for the kingdom, right? All for the kingdom. And uh, I don't and, have a segue for the next topic, but I I'm just you had one earlier. Oh, I had. And I cut you know, you off. I'm not going to drift off into oblivion. <laughs> Although, thanks for bringing and, it back. Uh, allowing the the word drift to to be the key word. Well, I was going to ask you: ha, Have you noticed that my hands are looking a little? more calloused or dirty today than normal uh, because you had a dirty keyboard to play on actually let's be honest my wife did most of the work who am i trying to actually kill? i walked into church and she was doing the work you were sort of back there uh, directing or something so i came in earlier than normal for a, a podcast recording today because we are we are getting the church ready for the season of lent it begins this week by the time you guys are hearing this episode we will be on ash thursday Yes. Or the Thursday I, after I, Ash I call, Wednesday? I call them Ash Wednesday, Ash Thursday, Ash Friday. Liturgically, though, it's the Thursday after Ash Wednesday. I know, Wednesday. but it's just so much more fun. Ash, Ash Thursday. I like Ash Thursday. Um, so we're getting everything ready, and once again this year, we decided to go with some driftwood. Oh, there's the word drift. They, they were wondering where And we had to going. wait. We, You know, Michael had to move his family with him to a house on the Maumee River several years ago, so that they would have driftwood drifting into their backyard. That's the kind of person. Is I is am. that where you got the driftwood? Yeah, it's it it's, washed up. It's fresh from the Puppis commune. <laughs> <laughs> it is. This is from the Maumee River, and we don't know how far upstream it came from. Oh, we have no idea. We uh, it's actually pretty cool because as the as the ice thawed about a week and a half, two weeks ago now. Uh, we had some major ice flows on Saturday one weekend, and it brought with it some great driftwood. So we, uh, do you harvest driftwood? We harvested it. That sounds good. <laughs> Loaded it up in the minivan, just like normal people do. And you brought it to church and so, put it in the in the mechanical room where it dried out. Yeah, we had it dry out for about a week, and now it's in front of the altar. So good to go. We are ready for Lent. You know they what how the saying goes. It's okay, not well, Lent. How does it? How does the saying go? It's not Lent till the driftwood dries out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you need to explain why we have driftwood. Some people have contested the driftwood. They say it's not desert. It's not really like there's not driftwood in a desert, but there is a barrenness. Yes, I yeah. like I like the barrenness. It, it looks desolate. It's got a a actually driftwood is beautiful. It's really a neat. I wish I wish people who are listening could see Michael's hands I, when he says "beautiful." I mean, he's 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 excited. I'm, ex I'm expressive. Yeah, he's expressive. All of my emotion comes out of my hands. Yeah, if we can do that over driftwood, then can you imagine what he does during liturgy? <laughs> well, you hear it every Sunday, actually. Yeah. Okay, speaking of which, uh, thoughts about Lent before we kick off the the gospel for this weekend? Well. I am using a uh, an image for Ash Wednesday. Of course, by the time people hear this, Ash Wednesday will have come and gone. Sure. But I'm using an image of uh, a journey of 40 days. Hmm. And then, of course, come Sunday, it's the journey specifically into the desert. But um, I think of, I think we've underrated the value of Lent. Uh, we just don't take it to heart. We don't take it seriously. But... It truly is a journey. Probably the best image that I find comes from RCIA when they talk about it as the 40-day retreat. Yeah. And uh, 
people getting ready to receive the Easter sacraments and join the church. But, you know, so you go on a 40-day retreat, and I've never been on a 40-day retreat. I mean, actually gone away for a 40-day retreat. Sure. You know, you know what, though? In what? retirement, you could take an 80-day retreat. Who would know? Yeah, <laughs> I would. I'm going to check in on you. Okay. So, uh, well, if I'm going 80-day, I'll go 90-day and make it three months. There you go. Might as well. What's 10 more? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever done a silent retreat? Oh, yes. I've never done one. I can understand. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it yeah. was supposed to be. <laughs> I wouldn't be very good at a silent retreat. Yeah. Do, you, do you enjoy? I know some people that really enjoy them. No, I don't. No. No. Do you cheat? It's Did funny. you cheat on your silent retreat? No, not really cheat, but uh, I don't. I mean, I spend a lot of time alone already. I'm already uh, re- reflective. Yeah. So I don't need that. Uh, I do need active input from other people. Sure. That's good. Well, you know what? You just call me anytime, and I will give you some active active input. input. Some active <laughs> input. No, that's good. I like the I like the image of the journey. I I can I get sentimental for a moment? Surely. I was reflecting prior to this recording today on this long life that you've had. Uh, what? It's been thirty six good years. I can't make any more. I'm going with what God's given me. Um, I was thinking that I want. I want this Lent and Easter season to be extra special because it's our last one with you. Oh, wow. That's sentimental. I know. That's yeah. that's what I was thinking. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about this a little bit, like it was the last Thanksgiving with me as pastor here, yeah. last Christmas, uh, last Valentine's Day, and thank you for the box of chocolates. Uh, <laughs> You're my true love. I, I did tell you, when it first hit me, was confirmation, and it wasn't until after confirmation. Well, that's right, the confirmation last October. Already. I got home, and I texted you. I said, it just hit me. That was the last one. Yeah, I was yeah. aware of it at the time. Uh, so far, none of those have hit me hard. I think Easter will, probably the Easter vigil because of the the the. Uh, RCIA, which sure. I've worked with very closely. Sure. So let's make this a great Lenten season. And uh, why don't we jump into this first Sunday of Lent? And the first Sunday of Lent is always a combination of going into the desert mm-hmm. and then being tempted by the devil. So I, this is not uh, typecasting, but it's a conversation. So I'm going to read the part of Jesus, and you're going to read the part of the devil. This is not typecasting. <laughs> Wow. So I will let you read the narrative part. So I just read the Jesus part, okay? Okay. You're on. It's uh, By the way, a little background. We've been reading from Luke. Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 are the infancy narratives. Then we read from chapter 3, uh, the baptism of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then we jumped into later in chapter 4, where Jesus goes into the, the synagogue We skipped the first part of chapter four, and that comes today. Here it is. All right. You're on. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live on bread alone. Then he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give to you all this power and glory, for it has been handed over to me, 
and I may give it to whom, whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. Jesus said to him in reply, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Then he led him to Jerusalem, made him stand on the parapet of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him in reply, It also says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to brag, but we didn't rehearse that, and that turned out pretty good. Well, your part was great. (laughs) I mean, it just came natural from your lips. Yeah, just right off the tongue. Yeah. Well, you know... First of all, the desert part, and by the way, I love the playlist for Lent that you put together. I've been playing it. When did you check it last? Because I, ch- I changed it. <laughs> I Just a couple days ago? Well, let's see, maybe Saturday. Oh, good. That's the current one then. Great. You like the songs. Let's yeah. have Lent. Yeah. Oh, Into the Desert. I love that song. Yeah, I almost took it out this year, and I, I actually thought... That Herb would be upset because well, it's his last Lent here. Actually, that's 100% was my thought <laughs> process. Upset's a strong word. I thought you would be disappointed because I know No, you, no, more than disappointed. I just thought it was getting predictable that we did it every year on the first Sunday of you, Lent. You've got to remember. Nobody remembers. But by the time we get used to a song, yeah. you are sick and tired of a song. It's not even that I'm sick of it. I'm just like, mm, is it predictable that we do this every year? But, into, but it's in there. I but we it. do go into the desert every year. I know. You know me. I like change. Let's change it up. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> or let's go find some driftwood. Yeah, there we go. But anyway, so we're going into the desert. But the desert is really just the beginning of this. It's, um, what would I say? It's the setting for Lent rather than where, uh, I mean, the desert speaks a lot. It says uh, where we're spending our time. Mm-hmm. And the desert is the backdrop that's the word I wanted, backdrop. 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 However, the main part of the gospel is really about the temptations. Right. And there are three of them. And the first one is basically about food. Yeah, I identified well with the line when he said he was hungry. I thought, man, well, been, we're been re- there. Well, we're recording this right at lunchtime. The, <laughs> the gospel has never been truer. <laughs> Uh, it didn't even bring any scones today. I know, well, it's because I was arranging your driftwood. Driftwood. Well, turn the driftwood into bread. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, so that's the first one. The, the second one is about power. The devil says, I shall give you all the power. I mean, these are some of those things that we all crave, whether we really want to admit it or not. May I bring that into a current event? Please. Because what... what word more has been used in the last week than power when trying to explain what's happening between Russia and Ukraine right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's on display for for this is what happens when people are power hungry. Power hungry, control. I use the word control a whole lot. People love to control other people's lives, control borders, control um, people's future. Uh, and, you know, taking away somebody else's independence somehow to satisfy something inside us. Mm. And then the, the third one 
is the whole thing about um, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, um, the angels will guard you unless you dash your foot against the stone. Now, where does that line come from? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we sing I, that all the time. Well, it's from On Eagle's Wings. On Eagle's Wings. But you know, I was yeah. joking to myself as I was reading it. Nice that they took this phrase from On Eagle's Wings to put into the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> Copyrighted by My- Michael, Michael Jonkus. Jon- Father Michael Jonkus. Uh, yeah. No, we we know that he pulled it from scripture. Where is that? Where is that from? Ooh, am I? It's. I think it's from Exodus. Is it in the first reading this week? Because we are reading Exodus. I don't see it in there. Yeah, but uh, so the if the first one is about food, or you know that that basic craving we have, the second one is about power. The third one gets into the question of the divine: what, who, and what do we worship? Uh, there's a there's a real difference on the third one as well. He's at the temple, but Jesus answers the devil with the first temptation. He answers with a, a quote from Scripture. Jesus answers the second temptation with a, a quote from Scripture. Mm-hmm. The third temptation, the devil preempts him and uses Scripture. Yeah, it's like, okay, the last two. You know, you got you got it because you use Scripture, so I'm going to use Scripture. Let me use it against you. Yeah, nah, 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 I can use Scripture too. Who said even the devil could quote Scripture to meet its own ends? I don't know. Shakespeare. Oh, you know, we've had a lot of Shakespeare on this I know. show lately. I, I love that. It, it, it's almost like if you're talking about something holy and some wonderful quote and you don't know which saint, always say St. Teresa of Avila. But if it's more secular, you can always say Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> All right. See, these are the things we learned from Father Herb, friends. But this one is Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say it's Hamlet, but I may be wrong. Well, how many times in everyday life, though, do people misquote a scripture passage to try to gain their own, you know, to ground themselves in. Oh, yeah. It's called called eisegesis. Exegesis is when you break open scripture. uh, The word ex means take it out. So you open scripture and you take out the meaning. Eisegesis, spelled E-I-S, Greek, into. So we, we try to read into the scripture what we want it to be. Mm. So uh, we, we choose and pick what passages would support the opinion we already have. Sure. To be a good scripture scholar, you have to start off as a blank slate or a blank page, a white page, and so that you let the scripture uh, write it on you. That sounds like John the 23rd. John the 23rd said that. Do you know the quote? Uh, let our souls be like a blank sheet. Let of, my soul. Let my soul be like a blank sheet of paper to be written on by the hand of God. Something like that. Or That's in Holy his Spirit. journal for a soul. And we paraphrased that we, when we started you, this parish. You paraphrased it. Okay, I paraphrased <laughs> it. I, uh, I think it was in the opening homily. It was. 17 years ago. I remember I was there. That's right. At Perrysburg High School. And a young kid. So... Uh, I said, let our parish be a, a blank sheet of paper on which the Holy Spirit will write. And boy, has it. And the Holy Spirit said, and the next pastor will be. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's 17 years. And you said, 17 years. Uh, that, in fact, we liked that quote so much, it hung as a banner behind the altar at the high school for those years that we were there. Yes. We had one banner with that quote on it. I still have the banner, by the way. Do you? We'll put it in the archives. Well, yeah, we should. A time capsule or something. And then the other banner had 
the four guiding principles of the parish, reverence, invitation, hospitality, and outreach. And very, those, very good. That was a test. Those, Thank you. I self-administered it. Uh, and that hung behind the altar at Perrysburg High School for a long time. And then we also hung those banners in Roncalli Hall for some time. Yeah. I have that one, too. Yeah, both. Yes. Oh, that's great. We're going to have to dig those out. Of, you know where they are? In your basement? No, no, no. They're rolled up in a scroll form. Yeah. Under the bed in my guest room. Really? And I will remove them before the new pastor comes. I think. Well, the bed's going to have to go. Do you? Do you still have the cro- the the yes. quilted cross banner as I well? Have, I have all of those. We, for those of you that are tuning in <laughs> to the conversation we're just having now, um, there was also a banner that was. It was our cross that was behind the altar. It was like a quilted banner, not maybe literally quilted, but it had like that look to it. Yeah, geometric. It was, it was uh, a cross. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank. But it was like a banner with a cross in the center. And so actually, instead of having a crucifix, yeah. uh, we hung up the banner every week for, right. for the Mass. It was a nice backdrop. So, okay, so have you ever been to a desert? Yes. Really where? Uh, in Arizona, Utah, you know, that, that the desert okay. southwest of the country. A long time ago, 50, 60 years ago, uh, Disney had a TV series and they did things on nature, mm-hmm. and one of them was called the Living Desert. Hmm. And I remember at the time, because the only image I had of a desert was like the the sand dunes of the Sahara Desert. Oh yeah. And this was out in uh, probably the the Sonora Desert of Arizona, and it talked about how much life actually takes place in the desert, even though it's rather barren and it certainly doesn't have creature comforts. Right. So when my brother lived in the Sonora Desert, I made a real point of visiting him, and it came alive. So that's the other thing. If we go into the desert, it's not just about death or even barrenness, but discovering the the power of life. That's a great image for Lent. Yes. Because we know the end of the story. And it's all about life. All right, friends, we will see you this weekend. Get ready for Lent. It's coming, or it's here, actually. Enjoy. Amen. Amen.